Welcome to the Wrestle Down, where we spread positivity about the wrestling that is happening. Bow, bow, bow. Oh no, you scared our mascot away. I'm Jared Blobble, Twitter.com, <laughs> Swing Tingling. Uh, At me... Sensei Denny B on Twitter, DBruno42 on Insta. And like any good co-host, he scared away our mascot, Keaton the Kitten Cat. It's but... my time, like Triple H in 2000. Yes, who that? <laughs> <laughs> started watching stardom and you and i both know this but uh she was a faction leader that yes. got kicked out of her own faction because yep. it got destroyed mm-hmm. by way of losing a match she got drafted into one she didn't like and is now basically becoming like i've described a little bit to you like my version of japanese bailey mm-hmm. in the sense that she's an underdog she has a very passionate character yeah. who is unlike bailey like so passionate that it gets in the way of her winning. Like, yeah. she has so much aggression that she forgets to win, and got beat by somebody who just seemed like, kind of, like, a tomato can from Odeotai. Oh, um, that's Natsuko Toro, who yeah. was in Jungle Kiona's faction earlier. Yeah. That's why they, like, hate each other now. There you go. Yeah. Which, you had sent me the stardom link in the pre-match promo. Uh, Jungle Kiona is just very calmly describing that she's about to have a match with her. And then ends it with, I'm going to kill her. Yeah. And then didn't. <laughs> yeah. She lost. She lost that match. I don't, um, all of Stardom, you watch on Stardom World, and mm-hmm. uh, they're, they haven't finished putting the tournament up yet. Yeah. They've been kind of going out of order, because they started with the finals, then some of the first round. Now the, the second round is up, except for one match, and then also the semifinals. So it's kind of, I haven't seen everything. Yeah. But, uh, spoiler alert, uh, Natsuko Tora gets the better of uh, that exchange. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like as far as spoilers go, if it's a first round of a tournament, mm-hmm. I feel like people would be more upset if we were giving away the winner, which we don't even know because I don't think it's yeah. happened. Ah, uh, it has. Oh, it did. Oh, the whole thing was one day. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, every match has like a 10 minute limit. Yeah. So it's not, you know, and uh, some came very close, but I don't think anything hit the limit. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I might, so, in this is going to be my like fourth or fifth viewing ever of Sardom. Yeah. My new favorite is uh, Triangle Lancer. Oh, Konami. Konami. Yeah, she's great. Because um, of all the people that I saw in the draft, I basically feel like I saw the entire Stardom draft. You that more was, or less did, yeah. Yeah, that was my introduction to it, with, you know, not counting people who compete from other companies. And I, we had talked about this a little offline. Of, I was waiting for people to jump off the screen. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like the, the leader of Tokyo Cyber Squad, Kimura, did. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jungle Kiona did. Right. And now Konami has for me. In part because I'm still holding fast to... I don't like Queen's Quest. Yeah. I have no reason to. Right. And I feel like them... Like, the difference between I don't like them versus I don't like Stardom is that, like, Queen's Quest has not said that they want anything. Yeah. Like, Stardom just wants to, like, do the peppy happy, make the fans happy, like, right. put smiles on faces, which... I thought I was going to like Odeo Tai more because I thought that they just didn't care. They suck so hard at caring that they lose. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> sometimes that happens, yeah. Yeah, which, like, <laughs> we'd, you'd compared them to L.I.J. for me, Los Agronobles, and I was like, yeah, but they fucking fight to win. And Odeo Tai doesn't care about anything. 
they do their half-assed best. Yeah. That is their, <laughs> that is their slogan. Right. So, like, I'm now fully on board with Tokyo Cyber Squad yeah. now because, like, they don't care, but they also like winning. Yeah. So... They got lots of proof because they're new. Exactly. And, and more than that, like, they just... Exactly. They're the, this, like, island of toys that have to come together to be relevant. Like, stardom, I get. They have motivation. Like, mm-hmm. the face of their company is the leader. So, sure. Um, Tokyo Cyber Squad, hell yeah. Number one. Audio tie. I'm waiting for them to like. They're entertaining, but I'm just yeah. like, can you can you win? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're like, Kigetsu. Their leader is the top champion. So really, yeah. Wow. And she's been the top champion for I think it's one of the longest reigns. It's been ten months or something like that. Does she come to the ring with the belt often? Because I feel like Not I haven't a, seen her. A lot of times they don't seem to come out with the belt. Like anybody in the Momo did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Which like that was confusing to me. I'm just like, you're the double champion of what? She, oh yeah, I think she's the tag champion too. Or something like okay. That. Yeah, because I just so spoiler alert when she fights Konami and just flies over the top rope, I was cheering. I'm yeah. just like, yeah, you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Every wrestler for the last thirty oh, years man. know not knows not to do that. It's 2019. You should lose yeah. as soon as your opinion's gonna turn around once they up to load the uh, the American show. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's just gonna take a while because I think they have to wait for like TV to like, run out of contract or something. Fair enough. So that was the the second of three starter matches that you had yeah. sent me, and um, remind me who was in the third. I think it was Kagetsu versus Tom Nakano. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So uh, the whole time I was just waiting for um, Kagetsu to care, <laughs> and Nakano beat her because she didn't. Yeah. And I just thought that that's it's a fun. Oh, Kagetsu won that one. No, no, no. Uh, Nakano taps her out. Oh, are you sure? I was confused. I watched it two or three times because the two of them are just like... I think it went to a time limit draw. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Because I was watching it and then I, I saw the submission that Kagetsu got put in and I was yeah. thinking, okay, she gave up and then I, I went on and did something else. Right. So that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember what the... Because I knew Kagetsu has a match in the next round. Okay. Um. So if they draw, they both just go off? I don't know. I gotta look that up. The, okay. It's actually possible. We'll see. Great. And then, like, because you had gotten the the Russell Friends hype for there's going to be a, a Junkin tournament. <laughs> yeah. If you want to talk about that a little bit. Oh yeah, there's um, <laughs> um. So after this tournament, um, Stardom's next like venture is to have like uh, four shows this weekend or starting this weekend. I don't know what the exact schedule is. Where uh, each show is going to be booked by a different um faction, and so uh. Yeah, Queen's Quest has a lot of straight-ahead wrestling, it seems like. Uh, Oedotai, I don't remember what their schedule's like. Uh, Stars booked in. some matches and then a Battle Royale where everybody gets to be a different wrestler. Yeah. For the duration of the Battle Royale. That's gonna be fun. I like that. That was the thing I was most looking forward to until uh, they announced that I think the fourth day we'll have the Rock, Paper, Scissors tournament. Hell yeah. Their annual Rock, Paper, Scissors tournament. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which, I mean, the WWE, I used to look forward to when the Slammies were coming, just yeah. because it's a fun novelty. Right. Yeah. But this is, <laughs> I think this is a funner novelty. Oh, way more. Yeah. Right, way more. Yeah, you follow up one tournament you know, with wrestling, whatever, mm-hmm. and with another one that's rock, paper, scissors, <laughs> and uh, I cannot wait for that. The more that, like, fun things in wrestling become more popular to do because like we, we're desensitized to whatever Rava have, tries to do in three hours which yeah. usually is an attempt at two or three different types of humor which is usually Vince McMahon's but um, 
we had talked last time about um, Beyond Wrestling and Uncharted Territory. Yeah. So there was a thumb wrestling match in the middle of Orange Cassidy versus Ky- uh, Smiley Kylie. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that. I appreciate that. And I think that somebody like Orange Cassidy hits a balance, and I'm waiting for it's It's going to be a context and a country difference, but specifically uh, Odeo Tie to hit that balance with me of just like, right. cool, dig the act enough that I don't care that you don't win all the time. Just feel like I, I want them to be more invested in things so I yeah. can get more invested in them. They did come out in the early part of the um, year, like, saying that they wanted to win all titles, and they kind of fell to the wayside yeah. as, um... Like they, no, actually, yeah, the faction holds two titles, now I think about it. Mm-hmm. Zuki's the high-speed champion. She also didn't come up with the belt, I think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. And they also, I mean, they also used to have a dance that they did, a choreographed dance, and they lost a match that made them lose that. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think it was the same weekend as the draft. I love it. Yeah, they put uh, the Oedo Tide dance up against the Queen's Quest masks. Boo! And, uh, yeah, I know. I was rooting for so Boo. hard. It was funny, because like, they're a batch that was like founded by Chris Wolf, who I think we'll yeah. talk about a little bit in, in a little while. But uh, like, they had this very choreographed dance that was like their thing when they came out, and then as members turned over got more and more half-assed, <laughs> which I thought was charming in its own, because they were just these half-assed, like, you know, dance moves that they obviously put thought into, but they're just like, oh my god, I have to do this. <laughs> and it makes sense that they lost that match yeah. to lose the dance, but it's still uh, maybe so sad. Yeah, I got a big smack of Io Shirai when I was watching Momo make her entrance. It's like, everyone's gonna pair a mask? Cool. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, I think there's a, a lineage there, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it. I have enjoyed it. I um, I watched the recaps to Raw and SmackDown because I got uh, a YouTube TV account to get the Raw and SmackDown after uh, WrestleMania, and yeah. now that it's over, that's over. Uh, yeah. I only went read recaps of Raw, and it sounded like a mess. Um, Tuesdays, I'm just happy that Bailey's taken seriously again. Yes. She's my yeah. favorite horsewoman. Has been. Um, it was real like, distantly salty for me to go to WrestleMania with you and Ben and watch Becky Lynch, um, who's been, like, Ben's uh, sentimental favorite, and Charlotte, and Ronda Rousey, who, yeah, whatever, um, and Becky coming out on top, and then Bailey got pin- Bailey also, like, took the pin in, true, yeah. in the women's tag four-way, which Tamina didn't get pinned. We've talked about Tamina, but, like, right. Bailey took it, and I was, like... Not thrilled, so her getting a fresh start on SmackDown's been very cool. Yes, yeah, that's like the that's one of the bright spots. Yeah. It's hard to like I'm I'm sorry that we're talking about like, you know, uh Japanese wrestling shit that like is less mainstream than WWE, but like right now we're in this weird spot where they've they've set up money in the bank pretty much. They announced everyone. They didn't even have qualifying matches. Yeah. They yeah. announced that, but also like undercard matches are yeah. also pretty set in stone. Yep. So it's like there's not much for them to do. Right. So right now everything's kind of just like here's fucking Roman Reigns beating up the B team for some reason. I didn't even know they got drafted because like they yeah. were on Raw and it's so it's more of this it I, I like change in yeah. wrestling because that's like a signal of newness and new fights and new storylines and potentially new characters, but it's harder and harder to take it seriously when they just retcon everything every show. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's weird that in this 
very what feels like a volatile era of everything changing at last minute's notice. Rob Robert Roots killing it. Yeah. <laughs> he just yeah. he shaved his beard and has a porn stash and he's yes. doing great. And he changed his name to Robert. Good. He looks like a stepdad like more than ever. <laughs> yeah. And like Glorious is now like unironic again. So yeah. great. There's like some yeah, some bright spots in what they're in WWE is just like it's hard to it's hard to latch on to a yeah. lot of things just because the storylines don't require them yeah. so much. The latest episode of Botchamania worked in all four names the War Raiders have had now. <laughs> which, I, it did it amazingly, and Matthew continues to do a great job friggin' 15 years later. Yeah. I gotta watch those. Yeah, he's, he's also good on Twitter. He's very good. Yeah. My God. Um, yeah. Uh, also, last uh, Friday, uh, Eve Pro Wrestling did the Chris Wolf Retirement Show. Yeah. Which, uh, have you had a chance to watch any of that? Even, like, um, yes. I haven't. I love Chris Wolf, though. I yeah. think that anybody who cuts a promo about wanting to eat their opponent's great. Yes. Yeah. She loves biting the butts. <laughs> but yeah, it was a fun, it was a really fun show. Uh, as the announcer said, it was basically non-canon. Yeah. Um, there were some things that, uh, yeah, a little bit but in the second half, but like mostly um, a really fun show. If you ever have a reason, uh, have an occupation to search it out, I recommend it. Mm-hmm. it was, it's basically an autobiography of Chris Wolf, who is a wolf who wrestles. <laughs> um, like starting with a match that was uh, three versus one, where the three were dressed as sperm, and <laughs> Session Moth Martino was an egg. Yeah. Um, and that is how they tell the story of how Chris Wolf was conceived. Chris <laughs> <laughs> uh, teenage years. I'm not as boy, but are played by two wrestlers playing their teenage selves. Yeah. And uh, one of them is doing a very good Jimmy Havoc impression. Hell yeah. She represents her time in Japan with a, uh, quote-unquote, a ninja versus a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Charlie Evans fights a wolf head with, on a, a blow-up doll for, like, 15 minutes. Great. It's, uh, and, like, and then the second half is a Eve title match. And then a gauntlet match where Chris Wolf takes on everybody on the Eve roster. That's amazing. And it's yeah, I yeah, it's it's all beautiful, and they all have like really tearful, emotional moments and callbacks to previous stuff. Uh, but it's all super accessible and fun, and I'm always for the fun shit in wrestling. Hell yeah! I mean, I didn't watch this recently, but if we're talking about farewells a little bit, um, you had gotten me into New Japan a few years ago, and one of the just many people who's in, who was in Suzuki Goon was Iska. And oh yeah. He just retired, I think it was this year. Yep. And I had no idea about, like, the, the lore and the backstory of him and people like Tenzan and other members of New Japan who were, like, really big in the late 90s, early 2000s. So, I, that moment, I not even moment, the whole segment, it's about 10 minutes long, it's on YouTube. I've watched seven or eight times because wow. it's fascinating. You, I had no real strong feelings about this dude who I thought was just kind of like older and then waited to do his claw gimmick and then yeah, get out of matches. Too, yeah, I've never, I haven't watched this but I will check it out. Please do. Yeah. So, like, Tenzon before the match brings out a t-shirt because they were like bad guy. It was like, uh, he was great, great bash heel. Yeah. But, uh, it was called Team Friendship <laughs> and it was Tenzon and Iska and then I think it was what led to Iska losing his soul and being a madman. Right. So, Tenzon just starts at holding up their t-shirt saying, please come back. And uh-huh. Iska attacks him and, <laughs> and bites him. Uh-huh. And um, it was Okada on the team, so he won. Um, go, Okada. And it's Yano, Okada, and Tenzon who win. 
and like uh, Yano before he was the Sublime Master Thief had connections to him. Yep. So it's this like turning back the timelines like ten years when Okada would have been a young boy basically. Yeah. And Tenzan pleading with Izuka, and I won't say how the rest of it goes because it features just amazing work by everybody in the ring which reminds me a lot of when like the WWE heat up people like Kane yeah. just like he doesn't mean anything but if we imbue some importance yeah. everything's wonderful right we acknowledge where they've been right um, instead of resetting them every week exactly yeah. yep yeah it's, it's like, very good yeah retirements are fun yeah and now I can't I can't wait for whatever they do when Jushin Thunder Liger goes out the fact that he, they're building to him versus Minoru Suzuki in yeah. the year 2019, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. It, it's gonna And it's going to be a good match. Yeah. Like, aside from the, the spectacle of two legends, yeah. they're going to have a good match. I think we're getting a Kishin Liger yeah. uh, appearance at that one. Hell yeah. Because I think it's, it's like the place to do it. Mm-hmm. Considering how badly he sucked in MMA. Yeah. <laughs> Which... I mean, it, who was good at it when they were forced to? Antonio yeah. Inoki was just like, hey, this is the new big thing. We're going to prove how good we are at professional wrestling by really beating people up. Yeah. And it, it did not work. No. It worked for... Like, One dude. Like Nakamura. He... He had an okay record. I think he... Yeah. I, I gotta was, look into it again. It was a winning record, at least. Yeah. I think it... I'm, like, I'm pretty sure about this. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm i basing this off of like a tribute video where it was transitioning New Japan into Enochiism and then out of Enochiism. Yeah. And this, it's just the low night lights. I'm trying to forget. It starts with an F. Funakoshi? Mm-hmm. Funako, I think, like, there's one guy who was just like the golden goalie as far as like trying to cross over to MMA. Yeah. Because um, Nakamura got his orbital bone busted, and yes. I think that was the end of him doing it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I know it worked out for like a very small handful of people, but yeah. not really. And like, they, I think the MMA people who were brought into new pro wrestling at the time, on the other end, also yeah, kind of came out better. Yeah, I so mean, I Suzuki. right? That he's he's the best example because in the WWF, I really liked when I and I was also much younger and getting into karate myself. Uh, Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn, and Shamrock had an okay career. Severn. It's always fascinating in, like, hotbed WWF times when Stone Cold was the hottest thing. Mm-hmm. Severn was, like, given storylines and pushes and was like, no, uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and I think it, no one told him no because he could legitimately kill people. Yeah. Like, he he would have won Raw for all. He right. he left after the first round because he's like, I, no, you don't you won't pay me enough to actually fight people. Yeah. And I would wreck everyone. If only Sasha Banks could do that, oh. we might not have her, like, current, uh, Taking her vacation. Her vacation pics look great, though. Yeah, she I looks know. real happy. She looks. I know she looks like she's having time for life. Yeah, so, you know, more power to her. I just, you know, wish she was wrestling. Yep. But, you know, <laughs> so does she. Yeah, but hey, as long as she's happy, she like stands up. I, I support people standing up for themselves, and they think they deserve something. It's it's this weird roundabout thing that again could pay back to Bailey of yeah. just like they're not a tag team anymore, so now Bailey can get forward momentum on her singles career because Sasha is not around. Yeah. Also, kind of. From Sasha's perspective, I feel like being left behind on Raw. Yeah. Kind of so. <laughs> oh my, well, we talked about it in the wrestle thread of just like Dana Brooke and Natalia are representing uh, Raw yeah. to the eight women in that match. Dana Brooke tries so hard. Yeah. And I want everybody to watch Breaking Ground because she she and Mojo are the best part of it. Right. But it's not there yet. She, I, she got called up too quick when she came up with Emma and then they got split off and she's just, she's getting better. But. Right. 
she's hobbled by bad writing, like everybody is, and she's still like a D or a C in the rank, only because she doesn't look safe. Right. Um, like, she looks like what... So Bianca Belair looks like what Dana Brooke should look like now. Yes. And Dana, like, Bianca Belair, like, KOD, uh, Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane safely in New York on it with, like, tons of pressure and all that stuff. Dana Brooke messes up body slams on Raw. Right. So I want her to be better. She genuinely seems like a very nice person, but no. Not yet. I know. Yeah. Well, maybe she'll surprise us at Money in the Bank. I, I just hope she doesn't mess up a ladder. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Anything else? Keaton? Buddy? Is there anything you've watched this week that you want to talk to us about? No. No. It's not been all good. I've been watching a lot of anime with my cat. And, nice. Uh, I don't think he's been included on it yet, but Very nice. we'll figure it out. Um, I gave my girlfriend Sarah a Litten, a plush oh. one, that she named Lyrical Blaster, okay. which is an amazing just pro wrestling name. Yeah. But I just like that because Incineroar, the final evolution, is a fire cat pro wrestler. Oh, nice. So shout out to Pokemon for making my favorite things all come together. Yes. Please make him better or easier to play as in Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I spent like an afternoon, like, I think, I think Alyssa was like sleeping or like falling asleep and I was just playing Smash Brothers and then yeah. the next morning she's like, how are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm really tired because I was up late. She's like, why? I was like, well, I was, like, I was trying to learn Incineroar. Smash Brothers because he was he's a wrestling cat and I feel obligated yep. <laughs> all things considered and then I stayed up and he's not very easy to play as no and it is tough He his recovery is crappy but yeah. he throws a spin he throws spinning lariats he throws regular lariats he does an Irish whip ah big fan and a back body drop yep or uh, uh, some kind of lariat yeah depending on your timing <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's absolutely true yeah if you get that laviato correct, you knock the fighting spirit right out of somebody. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, is there anything else that's been good this week? Before Let's we go see. into our main event? Um, yeah, Big Cass tried cutting a promo. Really? <laughs> Where's he been? Uh, in, the, in the sky. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just a backdrop of the sky, and he's wearing a hoodie, and it's like, you, you flying, bro? Yeah. Like, it, it's bad. That's I have not seen that. He tries casually cursing at the WWE, and there's nothing worse than guys uh, who were recently fired who are just like, I know how to be edgy. Yeah. Playground insults. Yeah, the guy, the, the, the parade of TNA guys who have just been like, I've been in the big leagues, uh, and they're uh, not that big. Yep. <laughs> I was thinking about this before I came over. Like, we still haven't seen the resurgence of, uh, what's his face? The intellectual savior of the masses? Damien Sandow, yeah. Because when he, I don't know if anyone's watched this, please don't. Uh, when he popped up as Simon Rex in Impact, he cut a promo basically saying, There's nothing I care more about than you, the paying customer. I was like, dude, we're already here. Yeah. Like, this isn't vaudeville. It's not a variety show. Just wrestle. Just yeah. talk about fighting. I know. Yeah. Some guys like, get it. Yep. It was, you know, we all thought that he could, like, break out, and then yeah. he went alone. I was like, oh, yeah, never mind. That was the writers doing good by him. That was, once. That was a speak. The only dude to lose with the briefcase. Yep. Um, well, I mean, before Corbin, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, God. All right. So that has been our our weeks in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to segment mania. Pew, 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 pew. Four pews for four pillars of heaven. Yes. This week we're going to... So uh, neither of us watch any All of Japan pro wrestling. Uh, we're, you know, like a lot of American fans, New Japan uh 
familiar because right. of just they do the best job translating everything and making it accessible. I think so to uh, English audiences. Yep. So, uh, but Dennis had the idea of checking out the four pillars of AJPW and to an extent Noah. Right. Um, I have their names here. I feel bad at remembering names. Uh, I'm just I what I hesitate on is just making sure the pronunciation is yeah. correct. I think I've got a pronunciation, but Japanese students are okay with. Right. Uh, Akira Ntawe. Yep. Toshiaki Kawada, yep. Kenta Kobashi, and Mitsuharu Misawa. Yep. Are the four guys who uh, are basically like the four aces of all Japan. That's true. In like the 90s, mid to late 90s. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, Jer had mentioned this before that like the very first Ring of Honor DVD he had ever seen was Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kobashi. Which I didn't understand what a big deal that was at the time. I was just uh, at best at the time. I was uh, reading results of Ring of Honor on like WrestleZone or another uh, website, and the same thing for TNA because they just didn't have TV deals. Yeah. So Kobashi, I had kind of had in my mind. I had heard the name Misao a bunch of times. The other guys, I didn't know at all. Yeah. But um, the match that I watched, one of them that I had sent to you was uh, for the Triple Crown Championship with Kobashi versus Misawa, yeah. and it was an epic. Yes. Out of the... Th- we watched three matches, I yeah. should say. Uh, Kobashi Misawa, uh, Kawada Misawa, yep. and then uh, I was able to bid in a tag match that included all four. Right. Uh, Dennis didn't have the time to watch that one. Yep. Uh, did you watch the final burning thing that you sent me? Or? Yeah, I okay. love that. So um, I didn't get to see any of that, so... Yeah, we'll, we can move back to those. Right. Um, so, yeah, the, but they were all excellent, um, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I... It, the biggest difference for me in watching them, like, some of them were in, like, the mid-90s, like, 94, 95. Some yeah. of them were in, uh, like, the post-pop of pro wrestling in, like, the late 90s, which was, like, the 2001 to 2003 era. Yeah. So, Kobashi versus Misawa is in that, like, afterglow period, basically, where people, especially in main event matches in the WWE, kicked out of each other's finishers to add drama. They didn't really sell a lot of offense. There was a lot of offense, but there weren't yeah. really a lot of like pin covers or, or actually they were, but there were just kickouts. It was the flow yeah. of the match. That's the style. With specifically Kawada or excuse me, Kobashi versus Misawa, they beat the shit out of each other. Neither one of them goes for pins because it, it, they just know that it won't work. Yeah. So they just focus on making the little bits that they do do, like two to three minutes of just selling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my podcast, baby. Yeah, the <laughs> style, Keaton. Get with it. He's with it. Um, including like they make all of the big moments count because they milk so many of the little ones. Yeah. Where Misawa does a tiger suplex to Kobashi off the ramp onto the floor, which had like a thin protective mat, and that's two thousand three. Like that wasn't was that two thousand three? Yeah. Oh wow. Two thousand three or two thousand five? Because it was an era where ultra well. I'm going to call it ultra-violence, but um, that type of offense, you didn't see a ton, so it was special. And they treated it as such. Like, neither one of them, they have a 20 count instead of a 10 count, so neither one of them really moved into, like, 11 or 12. Yeah. And when they got in, they moved slower. Like, it's the difference between treating moves, like... We're talking about Kobashi and Sawa? Yeah, the Triple Crown Championship. Uh, 1999. Shit, was it? Yeah. Okay. 99. All right, so that would have been around WrestleMania 15. Yeah, so. I like looked up like for all these because I think uh, I've watched enough New Japan to know that like this isn't drastically stylistically different from right. what New Japan was doing at the time, but it is very different 
what WWF was doing at the time. Oh yeah, because so, this would have been Stone Cold in the Rock's yeah, era. To, for context, uh, the nearest pay-per-view to when this Kobashi Misawa match was happening uh, would be like King of the Ring 1999. Yeah. Which had was main evented by a ladder match featuring Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon versus yep. uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and also Billy Gunn winning the King of the Ring. Toot toot, because he's a butt. He is also because you got to get on that train Um, and ride it. Uh, So that's like a very different like uh, kind of event at all from what this is. Like I think the entire King of the Ring turn probably could have fit in this one match. Right. That that's a very good point, and the presentation is not. I'm not. I'm. I would hesitate to call it wholesome, but just yeah. so much more reserved and so much more focused on physical strength, spiritual strength, and endurance. Yeah. Because I mean, there were tons of talk. Like Mick Foley and Man, as Mankind is the embodiment of endurance and strength and like fortitude at that time. Yeah. But there was only one of them in the with the four pillars of heaven. There's four, but obvious. But like the point is, like. Every spinning sword arm that Kobashi throws <laughs> looks devastating, yeah. and it's just an arm strike. Which there's so, there's so which I feel like a fewer impactful signature moves that people have that are just strikes. Yeah, because like most of them, it's grapples or it's like a quick move and then the finish. But uh, Kobashi's got his sword arm. Misawa's got his tiger elbow, which is just a spinning forearm, and it looks it looks good. Yeah, like at this point in his career, he's a little heavier set and a little slower than he was in like ninety four, ninety five. Yeah. When he first fought um, Kawada. Kawada. Yeah. But he absolutely holds his own. His Tiger offense, like his Tiger driver, his Tiger uh, suplex, his Tiger elbow, everything looks great. Yeah. No, everything uh, is crisp and, like, looks hard. It's interesting because it's, like, they're hard strikes, but they're not hard strikes the way we see hard strikes now. I think yeah. now that everybody slaps their knee to, like, get a... I'm sorry for hitting you in the face. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I won't do it again. It's, uh, um, just to give you that sound, which I kind of, it's interesting. It's very, it's like, uh, there's definitely a natural progression from, like, 80s America to this. Or yeah. really to the 80s in general to this. Um, and, like, the first time you and I watched New Japan together, you were showing me Wrestle Kingdom. We fast-forwarded through Ishii versus Makabe. Yeah. Because you were just like, guy. I don't have time to explain this. Yeah. And this feels like a forefather to that, in the sense that so much of the match was just about hitting each other real friggin' hard, and yeah. you could just hear smacks. Right. Sorry, hearing you in the face. And, like, the crowd is so into this. Like, yeah. every segment, and that, that's, I mean, that's the difference between main event wrestling and not. Right. Yeah, they don't have to get the audience into it. They're just, they can just start off. Yep. I think, like... Rumbling. Yeah. Um, it helped, like, the the stiffness is definitely sold by the fact that there's hard way bleeding yep. in both of these matches. Yeah. Um, let's see, uh, Kobashi, like, seems to maybe, like, bleed, look at his nose bloody or mouth. It's hard I think to tell. it's... I think it's his nose and Masawa's mouth, definitely. Yeah, Masawa yeah. gets busted. Right, and in the um, other match in Kwada Misawa, Misawa, yeah, yeah, Misawa, um, like uh, I think it's Misawa's ear that like yep. uh, is bleeding throughout the match a little bit. Which, so. I mean, it, I'd like to think the intelligence of, of like pro wrestling, like North American pro wrestling fans, is the same as the Japanese audience because yeah. I think a Japanese audience sees. An ear gets whacked, and yeah. understand there's only so many ways you can draw blood, like getting your ear clapped, so yes. your eardrum busts, or hitting the friggin' uh, the word I'm looking for. It's not bones, but just kind cartilage? of cartilage. The cartilage that hard that you bleed, yeah, takes a lot of force. Yeah, 
which at that point you have Shawn Michaels just kind of like gyrating and sort sometimes hitting people with <laughs> yeah. chairs. So it's a huge difference. Right. These are like these. I wouldn't say they're definitely like the actual force of a chair shot, but they feel that way because they're sold that way. Yeah. And because you get to see some result from them. Um, it's kind of like how sometimes you'll see like a lot of welts from um, shops yeah. nowadays, which you probably can't see in these because they're you know uh, video clips from the '90s. Yeah, and like filter through YouTube or uh, Russian YouTube or <laughs> Daily Motion or Chinese Daily Motion. <laughs> Ni hao. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> cool. We gotta have a sponsor soon. Ni why. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it is your podcast. <laughs> All right. But, so, the the biggest thing that st- stood out to me about both of these matches was that they hit each other hard, and then they give the audience the time to absorb it. Yeah. Because the other guy gets hit super hard, and we're used to modern-day wrestling, which is people get hit hard, but then they keep hitting each other hard, or they keep slapping their knee over yeah. and over again. Like, there's so many V-triggers in a Kenny Omega match, which is still a good match, but there's a lot. Right. So, to see these where every big hit was treated seriously... Not as if it could end the match, but because it was gonna, but it was another chapter in the story they're telling mm-hmm. was great. Yeah, a lot of it is about like kind of a war of attrition for yeah. all three matches that we saw. Yep, they're all about. Oh, I think bell to bell, they're like it's like something like thirty to forty, but like yeah. the whole video, including like the whole video that's been uploaded, is about an hour for each of them. Yeah, um, including like ring announcements and stuff, and it's like it's interesting to watch because I feel like I mean you didn't watch the whole of the tag match, no, nah. but the like story of it for the first like see it's a 53 minute video or something like that so for the first 20 or so minutes I'm like where is this going but then it just it's just everyone pulverizing everyone to justify the like very tense moments in the last 15 minutes where like someone just takes a single chop and they're down for like 20 minutes while their partner's getting hit yeah Um, or like you know someone takes a flying just a regular forearm and they're they just collapse off the apron like water spilling yeah like, it's just it's the the early part justifies the tension of the later right which it, is very true of a like an omega okada match or anything modern too you know it's funny as you were talking about that i was thinking about the third okada omega match oh, or yeah. it, the fourth one i should say because yes. that's the one where um they fight two out of three falls mm-hmm. And that's now, in a modern context, more impressive to me than having seen these matches mm-hmm. because they sustained that pace for the entire hour and a little bit more. Yeah, more. It, was like it an, wasn't it, even 60 minutes. It was like an hour six or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it, it wasn't a time limit match. Right. And they went more than a Broadway, which uh, Okada, I mean, at that point in his reign, I was getting a little tired of him winning because I wanted like, Naito to win and other people to just get the chance. Yeah. So it was time for him to to lose, but he earned every drop of that match on his end. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so just... Um, I don't know, like, the reason why we checked out these matches was historically is because they were big and because I think um, you had mentioned wanting to get into uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. Yes. And three of these four guys were major players for much of the prime of, uh, of Noah. That, it's true. I... I only know Hideo Itami, I don't know Kenta, yep. and I want to know who Kenta is, so yeah. I can understand retroactively why Hideo Itami should have been a big deal, but also because it's what seems like almost either a Japanese parallel or predecessor to the X Division in TNA, which was arguably mm-hmm. the best thing about TNA in its existence. Yeah. So I want to know more about 
That, I want to know more about how Suzuki Goon got shunted from NJPW to Noah and what they did when they were there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, there's a, like a, it's just too bad. They actually don't have a um, streaming service, mm. which, I mean, it just gonna be, yeah, I guess it's just going to be hard to find things, but it should yeah. be possible. It's worth a look. Yeah. Um, it's it's a, a Japanese pro wrestling promotion that has a really good uh, reputation. Yep. So it's definitely something that we wanted to check out. In one of the Kobashi matches, I watched Atami be a young boy and, oh, like, yeah. water his head and pat him, and I was like, that's Hideo Atami. Yep. Kenta. I know. It's so, it's weird um, watching these old clips and just seeing familiar faces. It's weird, and the way I think about it in part is, I know, because we're in the present, I know how far some of them come, how successful some of them are, mm-hmm. like Okada and Naito were young boys, and look at and they're two faces of one of the biggest promotions in the world. Right. Because I was talking to a coworker today who knew nothing about wrestling, mm. and I was describing the Velveteen Dream to him, <laughs> and I said, so imagine Prince, but he's super athletic and he'll fight you to death. Right. But also, he's Prince. Yeah. Mm, Prince was already super athletic, but you know. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he played high school basketball and was a hell of a dancer, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> could he throw a double accent? Yes, he could. He played yeah, basketball. Yeah, he probably could. Yeah. yeah. He'd probably do it in heels. Yep. And destroy his hips. And <laughs> yep. Which we hope Velveteen Dream won't. I, yeah, I think yeah. he's. I think he's fine. Yeah, because I worry about anybody with an elbow drop as a finisher. Yeah, like is like you land on your hip for that, but you know. I was worried about Lars Sullivan uh, doing a flying headbutt, and then I learned who Lars Sullivan was. Yeah. So I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know why anybody's <laughs> letting. Uh, I say, before you, if you're a wrestler, before you do a flying headbutt from the top rope. Let someone else look at what you've been posting on a bodybuilding website. Yeah. And then maybe they'll say, give you the thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah, maybe have like a, a mental or a neurological clean bill of health because, mm-hmm. like, Daniel Bryan seems like a, a nice dude. I hate when he does headbutts. I do too, yeah. Yeah. He really shouldn't be allowed to. Yep. I, he hasn't done them as often. He hasn't um, done shit since Mania. So. I mean, I know, but yeah. he's been cleared. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Um, That came up uh, good. a couple days ago, but. Um, I don't think he's done a lot of the flying headbutts since. Return. I know he's done he has, some, and, and yeah, but I don't think it's been like every match like he used. To. Right, right. So yep, less dives, more head safety. Yes. Um, and I, I don't know why particularly this time versus all the other times. I'm into Rowan now. Um, <laughs> really? I I don't want to watch him wrestle, but I, yeah. I like that he's there. Oh yeah, I think that he's better used here than he was as a vintner. Or a member of the Wyatt family. Yeah, I think, yeah, this is a better role for him. And it's like the kind of role where he's not a dude where I'm like, ah, he could be doing something better. Right. Like, this is pretty good. Yeah, and, like, he's wearing metal shirts for metal bands. And it's one of those things where I feel like, yeah, Dan O'Brien, the character, would be into it. And also, because he's just being honest about a thing he likes. Yeah. And it doesn't conflict with Dan O'Brien. Egomaniac needs to be champion all the time. So why would he say no to it? Metalheads can care about the environment, too. It's true. So. Arguably. More. Because that's where metal comes from, is the earth. Fuck. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, is there anything else to say about the uh, Four Pillars? Um, Kobashi seems like somebody who I would hesitate to say would have been the most successful of the four, but probably in like a WWE setting. Have, oh, have, yeah. like made it over and done really well. Yeah, he's got a fucking... He's got a parody of a bodybuilder's body. Yeah. Uh, he's just like... It's he's all a- up... It's like he's never had a leg day. Correct. And it just makes all of his striking more 
impactful. It makes the burning hammer looks like it like it would burn like burn through someone's neck. Yes. Uh, and I feel like Masawa would have done really well in like WCW or Impact. I feel like yeah. he had more of kind of an underspoken style that was super if you paid attention you could see stories being told with his face, with his movements. He was like almost like Flair esque. Yeah. I don't want to say he was like Japanese Rick Flair, but he was very good. Yeah. Um I, I enjoyed the matches immensely. I, I'm looking forward to learning more. Yes, yeah. I enjoyed Kawada a lot. He's my favorite. Interesting. Yeah. Why Kawada? Uh, because I think I, I like good striking kicks. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, his, I think uh, his match with uh, Misawa had the best pacing of the three that uh, I watched with us. Yep. Because, like, it's just so much stiff striking for, like, the first 20 minutes of this 36 minute match yep. and then suddenly uh, I think Kawada goes for like a power bomb you're like oh fuck wrestling moves exist yep. <laughs> in wrestling matches yeah. this isn't just some weird MMA thing and then uh, yeah so it, it, like there's a certain these guys all by today's standards they'd be kind they'd be kind of eh yeah but like just because of the styles have been changed but right. like they just have a very good grasp of psychology together yeah I feel like the closest thing that is like Kobashi of any of them, if he had come over, if he had worked a Mark Henry move set, mm, he would have been yeah. fine. Like yeah. not a ton of movement, but all the power moves were really meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. I think they all in some ways I mean it's like I think heavyweight wrestling is kind of a lost art in a way. Because mm-hmm. like everybody first off, most heavyweights are under like two hundred forty pounds now. Yep. And most of them also can do like Cruiserweight moves. Yeah. Yeah. Moonsaults and planches and shit. I mean, Kobashi does a moonsault, but that's his only top rope move. It's like, I think Walter is like the only guy who's really carrying the torch for this style of wrestling. Yeah. Which, uh, we didn't, I don't think we had the chance to talk about it too much in length, uh, but at some point, if we do like a British wrestling episode. Yeah. Um, his takeover match with Pete Dunne would have been the best match if Gargano and Cole wasn't. Yeah. It was fucking great yeah every match was great yeah I mean if it was your first time seeing uh, Walter um, it was it, for you yeah I had seen him like a little bit at indie shows I yeah think. because okay. we saw we You're saw right. him versus Joey Janela You're right yep, which yep. was mostly Joey Janela running to, like head first into Walter's chest and then <laughs> not getting a dent getting uh, slapped down into the mat yeah just oh vicious it's, per- it's, a, it's a perfect pairing those two but so are Pete Dunne and Walter. And just, Walter rocks. Right. Um, yeah, perfect pairing. It's just Walter swatting people. It's yep. amazing when one wrestler finds one thing that yep. they can just hit over and over again endlessly. It's that. He it's can like Kobashi everyone. with the, the chops. Oh my god, the Kobashi like, chops. Because like he... I mean, part, part of it is that his arms are bigger than like my bookshelves. Yep. With the books on them. Yep. Um, so like when he does a chop, it's like, oh shit... That guy's hitting him with a truck. Yep, and like I and it just I thought it was silly at first, but especially after watching more of the matches, I appreciate the machine gun chops now. Oh yeah, because it's like a cardioactive recovery. Because he's not really no one believes he's doing damage, mm-hmm. but also he's swatting you with his giant hand. Yes, yeah, yeah. I know it's uh it's interesting. <laughs> Another thing about watching these matches was uh, part of me was like, oh, I've seen that move in virtual pro wrestling too. <laughs> <laughs> A game that I could barely understand because it was on an emulator and only in Japanese. Yep. Uh, That's how I used to watch Dragon Ball Z. Yep. Frieza talked a lot of Japanese trash. Yeah. Uh, man. Yeah. So, uh, I think, uh, yeah, we all enjoyed the 
who's what's it from the who's aware. Yeah. Like, which the four is, pillars of all Japan. I was just going to say, that's Jira's translation of Japanese. Yeah. Which, <laughs> he nailed the pronunciation earlier. My Japanese is much better than that. My English is worse. Ichibun? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a boon Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, I'm, not, I'm looking forward to Money in the Bank. I yeah. was afraid that there were going to be like four briefcases. I don't know how I was doing... The, okay, here's how I was doing the math. I thought that... One for Raw, one for SmackDown, one for men, one for women each time. Um, I th- Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And I think it was either that or I was thinking that because they keep adding things to every show, they were going to do a tag belt one. Oh, yeah. Which I wish more of the tag teams meant more. So yeah. I'm just glad that it's two. Do you... Do they even have eight teams of women that they could fill? I mean, I guess they could, like, bring XT people up. But... Yeah. Um, I I hadn't thought that far ahead. It just was a faraway thought of, I just hope it's less, because less is more in yeah. that context. All right. Yeah, they've really stacked the... Um... Stack the, the lineup so far. Yep. Um, I don't think... I'm sure they'll add a couple more matches along the way, but, like, uh, what what are we looking forward to here? Um, men's Money in the Bank briefcase match. Yep. Uh, with Ricochet and a bunch of guys Ricochet will jump off of. Yeah. Uh, Including Braun Strowman, yes. who he seems to be muscle buddies with. Yes. Uh, women's Money in the Bank match with Alexa Bliss, Bailey, and Ember Moon, who I think covers everybody's favor on this podcast. Yep. Uh but like oh, like, Ninja Werewolf. What do you not love? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I mean, Kevin Owens versus Kofi looks great. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rollins versus Styles doesn't feel like super exciting at this point, but I think that's mostly AJ Styles' like past year of weird bookings fault. But like, I think it's going to be good. Oh, I, I don't think the match quality is going to be anything less than excellent because yeah. the two of them are the arguably two most athletic WWE main event styled wrestlers. Yeah. So it would be very difficult to think they won't be great. The only th- it, I'm with you on that description just because they're also getting built in the third hour of Raw, which nobody yeah. watches. Right. So the story is not there's not going to be a story. It's and I almost wish this was booked a week in advance, kind of like when style. Uh, yeah, Styles fought Balor. Yeah, because when you don't have a story to really good pro wrestlers and you just make them wrestle because they're good at it, mm-hmm. that's the st- like Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke is still the best Shinsuke match, arguably. Yeah, and I just want sometimes I just want to watch good wrestlers wrestle. Right, I think like what was I thinking there? Um, yeah, this reminds me of the build to uh, Styles Nakamura. Yeah, because there isn't really a story. It's just like I earned this shot. I get this shot. Mm-hmm. Now we have, you know, respectful problems. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that ended with Shinsuke becoming an amazing heel who never won. Yeah. And maybe that will happen with Styles, or I'm less likely, but, you know, could yeah. be Rollins. Yeah, because there's not a lot of credible heels on Raw at the moment. That's they true. They nerfed McIntyre, they nerfed Lashley, uh, Strowman flipped again. Yeah. So, aside from... Um, I mean, stop, there's not really a, a heel and waiting. Oh, God, just don't let it be Baron Corbin. I'm yeah. so tired of Baron Corbin, waiter. I know. But, yeah, I mean, it could realistically be, like, either a teased heel turn from Styles and eventually, or, you know, like Ultimate Warrior Hogan. I don't think we lose. Right, yeah. And uh, and then we get two Becky Lynch matches, one with Charlotte, who, I mean, that's one that we've seen a bunch, but it's always good, mm-hmm. except for the one time it wasn't. What <laughs> <laughs> a time. Yeah. I mean, that was the one where Becky was, like, fighting with, like, 
two broken legs and like <laughs> like personal tragedies or some shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the story. It's Her family died game. on the Titanic. <laughs> and then one with Lacey Evans, which I think just could be good. I don't know. It. Yeah, I think Lacey Evans. Like they're the thing that happens with some NXT people who weren't. Uh, like really impressive down there, but start to get really impressive on the main roster. Yeah, her pop up moonsault, her BME is great. Right, and the the it's hard to mess up a punch when you're a service woman. Right, like she got military training, she knows how to punch people. Mm-hmm. It looks good. Yes, yeah, I think she uh, she's got a lot of upside. She isn't. I think their fans were mad because she hasn't like proven herself yet or yeah. whatever. But I think uh, in time, you know, she deserves a chance. Uh, other than the paint her kid and blackface thing. Damn it, why do I remember these things? Um, <laughs> We're sorry. Uh, We're sorry. But, like, wrestling skill-wise, I think that could be good. It's just yeah. too bad that... We're not going to see, like, half of that show because it's the same night as the Game of Thrones finale. That's true. Yeah. I, yeah, I hadn't even thought about counter-programming in that sense, but WWE's never been good at that. Yeah. They they program during NBA playoffs and mm-hmm. finals and the finales of everything. They don't have the yeah. off seasons. They, they're just going to eat it. Yeah. I don't... I mean, I think the Game of Thrones season got uh, announced, like, early this year. Mm-hmm. Like, early January. Yeah. It was like, hey... So, like, by then, I'm sure the event was all scheduled up and everything, so... Which, I mean... It was just announced this week that they're doing another Saudi event. Yes. So, insofar as not even just national plans, but international plans that they have to manage, which I mean they've done with tours of Mexico, Japan, and Europe. But I get I don't know. I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna say hey WWE million do- billion dollar corporation program around HBO. Yeah. But it's it's just not gonna be seen. Right. Yeah. It's gonna be it's a hard sell. Yeah. And it's I feel so bad that they're doing this. On a night, you know, it's a card I would want to see. Yeah. But I've been waiting for, like, seven years for uh, whatever's going to happen on Game of Thrones. Yeah. And uh, I've been waiting a week and a half for uh, Kevin Owens versus Kofi Kingston. Yeah. We have a mutual friend who still hasn't watched, as far as I know, still hasn't watched the newest seasons of the show of Game of Thrones because he's still waiting for the next book, Chris McGonagall. And oh, Chris, okay. Yeah. Not someone in our friends group. Yeah, yeah. Friends group, yeah. Um, so, it's this weird, like, you've waited eight, yeah, I've waited about eight years, because Chris got me into Game of Thrones. If you've been reading the books, you've and stayed with the show, you've been waiting 30 years, because yeah. the first one was in 1990. Yep. So, yeah, priorities. I know. Yeah. Um, and Chris will never know what happens at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Yeah, I get mad at it's fun. I, I equate a lot of things in real life to pro wrestling, but like yeah. George R. R. Martin's one of the greatest heel managers of all time. He's just <laughs> managing his books. Yeah, he doesn't fight anyone. He can't. Ex- you're not allowed out except work ethic. That's his biggest feud right now. Is getting anything done? Yes, the the, the last Game of Thrones book is the Brock, Ale- Brock Lesnar of books. It's just yep. It just never shows up. Right. It has a Jimmy John's advertisement on it. Brock's the other guy who I think is like the uh, the big four yeah he's like another guy who's like a heavyweight who doesn't like do flippy shit i mean he did the one time but and like, we all learned why you yes. shouldn't do it again yes but like yeah he's, i think he's got like a great a similarly great grasp of timing and like keeping a slow match interesting yep. if he's with someone good but yeah when he when he wants to uh, yeah. which is funny because i as a joke i sent uh the russell friends this documentary that somebody put together, which they put a lot of work into for a, a, a very weird moment in time, Hardcore Holly as a main eventer, <laughs> yeah. which, 
Like, I watched the video, and the whole time I thought, this is tongue-in-cheek, right? No, the guy is serious. Yeah. He was just like, no, they did this, and they did a good job with him. And yeah. they were right. Paul Heyman Smackdown at that time manufactured Hardcore Holly as a main eventer. Yep. It didn't work, but they really tried, and he looked believable up until the match. Right. The match was six minutes, and, like, ten minutes of that went to Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Last Man Standing, which is fucking great. Yeah. But it killed Hardcore Holly, which, <laughs> in the... Uh, encyclopedia of all wrestling time. I think everyone's just kind of like meh. Yeah, it's not. It's not the biggest crime. Yeah. Um, it's not even. I don't think it would even ranks a mid-level crime. No. Considering how big the big crimes are. We're gonna talk about the big crimes next week. <laughs> don't make promises. I don't want to talk about the big crimes. <laughs> <laughs> they make me sad. I'm sorry. They make me sad, and they make Keaton confused because he doesn't understand law. He also doesn't understand why a man would have sex with a, a mannequin in a casket, but those are the big crimes, and we're not going to talk about them. No, no, Keaton, we're not. My yeah. little man, yeah, it's weird that he doesn't know the law because he's a detective. But um, <laughs> <laughs> He's a sweet cameo in Detective Pikachu, and everyone's going to be blown away. Yeah. What, bud? No. <laughs> You're humble. He's searching for clues. He's a humble buddy. Aw. Yeah. He's sitting under Dan's chair. Uh, he watched his uh, litter box self-clean uh, during this. And so I think we're all going to go home happy. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to our own litter boxes. Yeah. Whatever that means for you, dear yeah. listener. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about this week? or? Um, I keep finding... I, I just... It's kind of an open love letter to anybody who keeps releasing wrestling tributes on YouTube because I fell in a hole of this guy that did the Hardcore Holly one because he kept covering really weird topics and weird times. Yeah. Like, he covered the first half of... Um, or the the triangle of Matt Hardy, Kane, and Lita, but he started by really focusing on the Kane and Matt Hardy part, and I was like, this is the worst part! <laughs> Why is there 35 minutes of this? <laughs> Man. He didn't spare any detail. <laughs> I see why you couldn't fit the tag team match in. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. I I had to catch up on like the shit posting version of WWE Raw from two thousand three. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you see, you see WWE. Neither of us watch Raw. Yeah, but we have time for this bullshit because <laughs> <laughs> it's entertaining. That's how. That's in what kind of state Raw is in. Well, oh god, and what, the last thing I'll just say is like. I love Corey Graves. One of the things that got tweeted by him recently was like, oh, maybe time for a new change of scenery, which was almost entirely code for he's going to voice on a special for yeah. WWE. He's not going anywhere. Right. But he's, he's got the most jobs of anybody. He's got the most jobs because he does the best of it. And like, Well, the Riot Squad might have more jobs. But I'm Cha! Hey! It's true. Uh, I was going to make a Smurf joke with uh, Liv Morgan, but oh. we're moving forward. Yeah. So... Uh, with Corey Graves, he just, he's one of these guys, like, and Botchabaney calls it out, where he balances his on-screen character with calling out a logical bullshit, and I wish everyone did that every show. Yeah. Um, it happens less in NXT, because Percy Watson is kind of a soundboard, or just, like, a voice panel, mm. but he doesn't say stupid shit constantly, because he's right. not being fed anything especially stupid to say. Yeah. Morrow is corny, but he's good, right. and... It, Nigel McGinnis is Nigel McGinnis. He's not going to say anything that isn't Nigel McGinnis. Yes, yeah, he's very... He has a very better grasp of his character than a lot of the other announcers. Yep. Especially, like, they're not good at face announcers. No. In general. But, as far as, like, Nigel goes, this will be the ultimate, ultimate last thing, as far as announcer love. When Eric Bugenhagen <laughs> played air guitar and gave one to Percy Watson and one to Morrow, 
Uh, he gave one to Nigel, and Nigel hit Morrow with it. <laughs> That's Nigel McGinnis, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a guy who's fucking... I'm so happy that he's, like, still active at some role. Yeah. Um, God. Uh, did I have anything? A Chris Wolf thing. Stardom has taken up all of my time. Oh, yeah, New <laughs> Japan. You know, not just to, like... Uh, New Japan's been doing their Rosa Duntaku shows, which has been pretty good. I'm looking forward to Friday, but so far, they're not, like... They're not must see, but I have been enjoying them. Go Goto! Yes, I need to watch Goto vs. Jay White. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll do that tonight. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think this has been this has been our uh, our podcast, the Wrestle Down, and uh, it's my podcast, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yours too. Hashtag. <laughs> sorry for hitting you in the face. <laughs> I can take it. <laughs> uh, I'm Jer Plopple. at Sensei Danny B. Dennis Bruno. And Keaton the Kitten Man, uh, Keaton Fuzzy on Instagram. <laughs> oh man, that almost rhymes. Uh, thank you. Goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>